My next guest has been doing magic for over 40 years. He has helped many magicians find their way through the mysterious arts, and he is the owner of Toddski's Magic Shop in Montreal. Please welcome Todd Shapiro, a.k.a. The Amazing Toddski. Welcome to the show. Hello, hello. Very good to be here. <laughs> Thank you so very much. So you've been doing magic for over 40 years. How did you uh, originally get into it? Like, what, what kind of started you along this magical path? Um, there, there are two main things I can, I can, I can think of uh, as influences. One, uh, in Montreal, there was a magician, Tom Auburn, Magic Tom. Um, he, was, he, was, um, he was the magician of Montreal back in the, in the 70s and um, probably 80s as well, but mainly in the 70s. And uh, he, he had a TV show as well. So I, I remember going, I would see him on TV and, and I also went to some parties. He was at a, a local restaurant. He was the magician at, at, a, at a restaurant. And if you have a birthday party and you go there, he would, he could, he would entertain you. He was one of like the, you know, now there are, you know, quite a few magicians who do parties, but he was the one. Like there, there were like, there were so few back then. And um, uh, so I would see him at, at, at the restaurant Piazza Tamaza. Also his TV show, the, the one thing I remember that really influenced me as, as a young, young magician, I'm talking like eight, nine years old, was seeing, was seeing him um, take a, a glass, he'd put cotton balls inside it, and then he'd, he'd set it on fire, he'd cover it with a can, he'd lift up the can, and, and then it would be full of candy, right? I like so that. This is, this, this is, this is a, a, a magic dream for, for a child who, who, who likes candy and sweet things. So for me, like that, wow, that's the perfect combination. My, my head exploded and I said, okay, I have to learn how to make candy like that. Um, so that was one of the early influences. Um, and then another one, maybe when I was about 10 or so, 10 or 11, my mother took me to a show in, in, a, in a theater in Montreal, in a really nice theater, uh, a traveling magic show. And I didn't know what it was until a couple of years ago. I, I thought, you know, who, who was this? So I did some research. I found out it was the great Riccardi who was okay. doing his touring show with other magicians. <laughs> And I still have the memory, because I'd never seen anything like that before, um, of, um, of somebody, one of the magicians doing a silent miser's dream routine. He was dressed in some kind of a, you know, Mephistophelian type of a costume and pulling coins from the air. And I was fascinated by that. Um, there was also a mind reader. Um, and there was, he was blindfolded. I remember that. I was fascinated by that as well. And, um, and at the end, Riccardi himself did the, a buzzsaw illusion um, where, where um, uh, he actually, you know, cuts the woman into it by this blood everywhere and everything. And, and, and then at the end, he, this is his signature thing. He would say, you would, who would like to come up and see. And for some reason, I went up, even though I don't like gore and all that kind of stuff. I, I went up because I was curious to see. And, and indeed, she was seemingly cut in half, you know, with all the blood. And anyways, that whole show, it really had a huge influence. And it was like, wow, this is amazing. So those are two of my large influences. Absolutely. I, uh, I never got to see uh, a magic show of, uh, of that scale uh, in person. I think the only thing uh, as a child was uh, local birthday party magicians and stuff like that. Um, like you said, though, there, there really weren't many. Um, I think Montreal quite a bit bigger than, than Kelowna is. But oh, yeah. uh, <clears throat> um, <laughs> we, we still had a, had a few back then, so uh, it, it wasn't really too bad. Um, do you remember when you first got into uh, like doing your, your own performances and you started doing performances for other people? Yes, yes, quite well. Um, so uh, I was, um, 
I, I, from around like eight, nine years old, I would go to the magic shop uh, in, in town. Um, uh, there was Henry Gordon's, there was Kramer's downtown, there, were, there, there was um, um, Morrissey's as well. And um, I would buy like little tricks. And even sometimes from a toy store, I'd find a good set. And, and I'd practice them. And then I'd have my collection. My collection was small and it, and it started to grow. And I remember keeping my first collection of magic tricks in a, in a Star Trek Enterprise model box. And I, I, that was, I remember that. And, 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 and my collection grew and I used to bother my mother and my brothers with magic tricks. Okay, you know, watch this, watch this, watch this. And eventually my mother suggested to me, and this is when I was about 13, 13 or 14, she suggested, why don't you take a, put a little classified ad in the local paper saying, you know, um, magic shows, a magician for birthday parties. And uh, I'm not sure if she just wants me to stop bothering her with the magic. No, she actually liked it. Um, but she, 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 she encouraged me to do that. And I put a little ad in. And, and I remember my, my first show, um, I got called to do a magic show for, for, for a child. And, uh, and I was nervous, of course. Um, so I brought my little box of props and things. I remember doing the show and afterwards the mother paying me $10. I felt so guilty taking $10 to get paid for doing these tricks because I'd never ever charged before, of course. And you know, it was just, it was a whole psychological thing to, to do that. And, and I ran out of there with the money and, uh, uh, but since then, I've raised my price to $12 because, you know, it's been a long time. Inflation. But, uh, inflation, exactly. So that's my first memory of, of, of my first, uh, first show. And then it just kind of, you know, uh, I liked it and it escalated. I got better. I was, I was pretty bad at first, actually, with audiences. Like, I made so many mistakes. I mean, as, you know, the best way to learn, you make mistakes. But, um, yeah, it just built from there. Yeah. yeah. If, if you don't have failure in your life, you're, you're never going to go further because at that failure point, people... Oh, yeah. Either walk away or they try harder and figure out how, how to do it. So yeah, uh, you, you gotta. You, you, that's natural, and, and and that's where the learning comes from. And I have to admit, I'm a great success when it comes to failure. Yes, I, I have to. <laughs> I have to agree with that myself. It took me many years to realize that they were successes and not failures. But once yeah. once my mindset changed on that, things really did start to uh, to change and, and and turn around on, on me for that kind of stuff. So so that was awesome. Now there was a progression, I have to say, because when I first started out, I was I was like the the uh, because I call myself the amazing Totsky, but I, I I I began and I called myself the mediocre Totsky because I was pretty mediocre, and then I became the you know you know passable amazing passable Totsky, and then I became the good and the great Totsky until I became the amazing Totsky. I don't know what's next, what's better than amazing, maybe incredible. I'm not sure. We'll find out. I'm looking yeah. forward to it. You know, you might run into some issues with Mister Incredible on that one. He might want to take you up on that one. <laughs> I, I, well, I took a, a, a copyright on the word incredible, so uh, oh, he's incredible. you got it. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. I, I honestly wish I could have been uh, performing at uh, 13. <laughs> Unfortunately, I was uh, still in my beginner stages uh, back then and ended up getting out of it uh, for, for many years and then uh, recently uh, getting back into it. Um, but when you were doing uh, magic at that age, uh, outside of the shows that you were performing that you, from, from those ads you were running, uh, how did, uh, how did like your friends uh, take it? You know, having, having a magician as a friend. Uh, it was, you know, it was, there was, there wasn't any special cachet. I don't think about it uh, for my friends. Uh, it, it, oh yeah. I had, okay. One friend, um, he's very, 
analytical and you know nothing gets by him and, and and of course i would show him something and then he'd say well let me see that and you know and i couldn't show it to him so you know he wasn't satisfied he was my, like my worst worst critic and worst audience so i knew if i could pull something over on him um that i uh, that i've got a, a great trick but absolutely among my friends well you know i i I'd hoped that it would make me cool with the girls you know and i would be like wow magician everything but i made a mistake it wasn't the magicians who who get the girls it's the musicians so i think i i there was a typographical error in my in my attempt to um to be to be really cool with the girls um uh, should have changed it to musician i i think all of us uh, kind of uh, had that same thought and then <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, <laughs> it's kind of quickly <laughs> it's kind of like um magic sometimes looked at it's kind of oh like oh he's kind of a neb you know he's doing magic and everything and uh you know, it's not so cool, but you know, when I was doing it, uh, I, I didn't care. I was shy. I was like really shy. That, that, that was, um, so for me, it was a great way to, to interact with people. Um, and it, and it really helped me actually to, to be able to interact with people by having this, this, um, this thing I could do too. Cause the great thing about magic eh, is, is, um, unlike a lot of other things like art, forms that maybe can be done solitary to really do magic you have to have an audience you have to have someone to do it to otherwise you're standing in front of a mirror all the time and just doing it for yourself to really complete it you have to you have to show it to somebody and so it, it forces you to be sociable absolutely so for and, me that was great yes and, and i have heard that from a lot of magicians on like watching things like pen and teller and wizard wars and people always talking about how they <clears throat> how they got started and a lot of people were very shy and magic was a way that helped them come out of their shell and mm -hmm. i i definitely uh remember that myself uh being being the shy kid and trying to find ways to come out and magic did help uh, a little bit on that so. yeah i think i think if you took a poll you like you'd probably find like 75 percent of magicians were really shy as kids and uh and uh, it's, it's interesting that maybe someone should write a book about that. That yeah. would be a really interesting read, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'll let you write that one. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, I'm not the best at writing, but uh, I could definitely uh, compile some stuff and talk to a writer. <laughs> okay, I'll write it and you'll, you'll video it. So you'll Excellent. It. Okay. There we go. So when you go and you, you do uh, shows and stuff uh, now, or even uh, when you first started, do you have any pre-show rituals or routines that uh, you like to use to, to get yourself ready for a show? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> sure just go know. out and jump into it eh yeah yeah i I'm, I'm like like sort of the least organized like magician i mean it's amazing i'm 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 i have a very good reputation i do a lot of shows and i get a lot of calls back from from people and people mm -hmm. generally really love my show <clears throat> but i'm so disorganized if i would show you oh i should have brought my um my my my, my gig case it's it's um it's um uh that 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 a leffler joe or joe leffler uh, uh table um, suitcase and it opens up and inside I have everything stuffed in it's not put in in an organized way it's just all kind of crammed in so I get ready for here's here's my ritual I get ready for a show I say okay I think of okay what's the show with the age of the kids or you know what's the venue and then I just take I go to my shelf with my magic stuff and I just toss things in <laughs> you know I have to be careful with the glass objects if there are any but pretty much it's just all stuffing it all in and then going to the show and at the end of the show I want to get out as fast as I can. I just stuff all this stuff back inside. And of course, my you know, ropes and silks and things, they're all kind of a little bit wrinkled and, and you know, a bit kind of you know, ratty and everything. But, but, it, but it, it works for me somehow. And I usually find all my tricks. 
And if I don't, Excellent. I have enough extra ones in my case that I can, I can still do my show. I don't recommend that for, for, for other <laughs> magicians, though. It only works for me. Yes, um, uh, I have a similar problem to that. Uh, I used to get bugged a lot at uh, one of my old, well, at a lot of old office jobs about the the state of my desk. But you know, there was always a method to my madness, and I could always find stuff. Yes, yeah, exactly. If you needed anything, I'd have it in five seconds. It may look like a disaster, but it's a very well executed disaster. As I used to oh, like. that. That gives me an idea. What about like a, uh, doing a, a show where you actually come on stage with a, with a desk or something and you sort of sit, sit um, behind the desk and it's sort of like an office, office magic. Maybe it's, it has a theme like that and you know, you're, you have a computer and, 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 and the whole theme is based on, 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 an, on an office magic. You take something out of a drawer. Maybe a, maybe a chicken flies out of the drawer. I don't know. But I'm just, <laughs> this, this, these are ideas for you and for people listening, you know, if someone wants to do it, but Absolutely. I do have a copyright on that. I just, um, <laughs> hang on, I just, Took care of that right now. Okay. Yeah, we've got it recorded. <laughs> okay, good. Oh, that's true. You're right. Good. Oh, that's a. I I, I agree. That's a, a a great idea. I've I've never seen anybody come out and sit at a desk that wasn't doing like straight up like coin magic or or close up cards. And those are generally some of the the routines that I like the best when they have little stories. Um, I watched. We were watching Penn and Teller last night, and the guy came out and he was doing coin magic on his little table, but he did it with a, uh, a Twilight Zone theme. So from start to finish, it was all Twilight Zone themed. He had the voice going and he had like this whole script and it just, it took the coin magic to a whole other level that I had never seen before. Cause usually it's, it's a mat and some coins and here come, yeah, and, yeah. come and watch there this. It goes, there it goes to here. There it goes to here. Yeah, exactly. So it was really cool to, to see that. So yeah, I would love if, uh, if somebody is listening and, and does that, definitely uh, show, show us a video. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Let us take a look at this. <laughs> um, speaking of performances, do you have a favorite performance that you've done, like something in the past or something recent that uh, you've done that you were just like, yes, that this was an awesome show. Like, this is, this is why I do this. Or are you one of those people that get that feeling every time? Well, I don't get that feeling every time, unfortunately. Um, I, I, I get it. I get it. Uh, Here's why well, I, I, it's hard for me to, to think of one in particular because um, I, I do have quite a few that where I feel like the old expression, you know, the audience was in the palm of my hands. I could do no wrong. And I, I do get quite a few of those where, where, where it's just the feeling is there, the vibe is there, and I'm, I'm, the connection with the audience is so good and everything I say, you know, they respond to and I respond to them. Um, so yeah, I, 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 I do get that a lot, fortunately. And, and what's interesting because, so that's what I consider like a great show. Then I get, a, a, then I get other shows which are, which are good to very good. And the good to very good shows to me, I'm disappointed with because they're not at the level of, of that great, great show, right? But they're still usually very good. And the audience reacts very well and people yeah. come up to me afterwards and say oh i really enjoyed that blah blah but i'm not happy with it because i didn't get that um i didn't get that that the peak peak experience but there, like, there can't always be and i guess if it was always like the great great show it would be there'd be no difference it'd be like there's it would be like not never having rain um or snow you don't know what snow is because you live in bc but um <laughs> quite a, lot of things a little bit but <laughs> <laughs> um not today. Um, okay. <laughs> actually, no, you're in Kelowna. You, you actually do. Um, but um, uh, it, it's like, 
like uh, if you didn't have like the, the rain, you wouldn't appreciate the sun. So it's like, you know, so yeah. there, but, but yeah, um, recently I did a show that went very well. It, and I was a bit nervous about it because I don't do too many like this. It was a, it, it was a corporate gig um, for um, a pharmaceutical company that was promoting some of their things. And I don't particularly like the pharmaceutical companies. As a matter of fact, I, I'd like to make them all disappear if I could, but nevertheless, um, I had to do a show and they, they set up this room in a hotel and it looked like Disney it had like this Disney backdrop. It was really bizarre. And they're selling wow. this almost like not infant formula, but um, this kind of uh, this, this, this liquid, this drink that's supposed to replace certain vitamins and minerals for, mm -hmm. for kids who need it. Fine. So I'm at the front of this kind of Disney-esque um, uh, room performing for the adults. And I didn't know what they're going to be like, if they're going to be really stuffy, stuffy corporate types and everything, but they had a great, great time. And I even like, tied in the, the, the drink in one of my magic tricks where I, 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 turn, I, I, I poured it into a glass and then I turned it into a white silk and wiped my mouth with it. And they loved that. And, and I know I did my professor nightmare version uh, with the rope. I, I did the, the, whole, the whole shebang and they, they, they really, they loved it. And a great reaction. So I was very happy because I'm always a bit concerned with adult audiences. <clears throat> they're going to be really it going to be fun or if they're going to be really stuffy and they, they had a great time. So that was yeah. good. I, I really love uh, magic for the ability to turn a stuffy person into a childlike person again. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Like when, when it, you know, it may not be one trick or another trick, but once they see that one trick that really resonates with them and you, you can kind of see that wonderment in their eyes of what just happened. <laughs> yeah. I, that, that that's my favorite part to, of, of doing magic is is getting that reaction from people and, and taking them back uh, to that kind of moment in their life where they they had that sense of wonderment where anything was possible. So exactly, exactly. if we can do yeah. that, but yeah. I, I I think um, as as a performer or as any kind of artist, um, we're always going to be harder on ourselves than, than we need to be and definitely harder on ourselves than any audience could, could ever be. <laughs> yes, it's true. And I guess that's how we, how we get better by, you know, kind of, you know, whipping ourselves to get better, you know, do better, do better. You can do better. I didn't do that right. Let me do that again. <laughs> do you have a favorite trick that uh, you like to perform? Oh, I think it's, it's, um, it's, the, it's the, um, uh, uh, like fiber optics from Richard Sanders, like oh, variations of that, um, where it's basically an extended professor's nightmare with the three ropes, the, the equal, unequal ropes. But, you know, I, there's so many different um, uh, uh, um, called chapters to it, different parts. It's amazing because I have a, I have a funny story I tell um, about spaghetti, you know, and, I, and how the, I, 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 I got spaghetti at the restaurant. I ordered spaghetti and it was the wrong sizes and, and so I had to make them the right size. And then all these crazy things happen, right? You know, like it, 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 um, uh, they become the same size and two of them turn into one long one and then it becomes a round loop. And, and, um, it, it just, it's beautiful. Visually. I love it. It's beautiful. It's, it's so, it, it gets the gasps from, from the audience. Um, it's, uh, and so it gets great reactions. Number one, number two, it, it, what's amazing about it, if I had to do one trick, that would be it because it, it works well for kids. It works mm -hmm. well for adults. It works well close up. It works well stage. And yeah. it all fits in your pocket. <laughs> it, what more could you ask for? It's the most <clears throat> incredible thing. And so I, I give Richard Sanders fiber optics, uh, you know, uh, a thumbs up. Uh, highly recommended. 
And Richard oh, Sanders, awesome. he's he's a local magician here. He's he's from mm -hmm. around here as well. So um, so kudos kudos to you, Richard, if you're watching, but you're probably not because you're a hermit and you're I know you're staying <laughs> in the basement now and inventing some more tricks. But yeah, that's the one. Inventing more awesomeness. Yes, yes. Yeah. More, more awesomeness that uh, pack small and plays big. Yeah. <laughs> always awesome, the pack small always. plays big. That's my motto. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> I pack small and play big. I'm not that 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 big. So like I'm you know you know five well five foot ten, but you know I, I you know I'm I'm fairly slim, so I could say I pack small and and play. Big, you know. I, I've always played, well, not always. Uh, I used to be uh, of average height and then I had one of those spurts and now I'm 6'5", 240. So. Wow, so you can't say you, 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 you pack small. No. But you can, you can no. pack big and play big, perhaps. That's right. And um, I get amazing results with kids without doing anything at all but standing there. Oh, yeah, that's oh. true, eh? Yeah, that, that, yeah, yeah, right away, you're this mythic you know, giant. <laughs> yeah, I used to get that a lot at uh, <clears throat> one of my old jobs. We had a, had a daycare there, and <laughs> all the times I'd always be like, my kids! And they're like 14 times taller than they are. <laughs> pretty much. They loved it. I loved it. It was, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> so um, over the years, obviously, magic has uh, changed quite a bit. Um, uh, Obviously, technology has gotten a lot more involved. Uh, methods have gotten a lot different, new ways of doing things. Um, what have you kind of seen change in magic since you've been here? Like, what are some of the things that uh, you've, you've enjoyed about the, the changes in magic over the years? And what are some things that you haven't really enjoyed about what's happening with magic? Well, uh, okay. You know, the changes, eh? Um, ooh, okay. Well... Okay, what I what I don't enjoy is you know, a, a lot of a lot of kids they come to my store or or if I'm teaching magic lessons um, and I'll say okay and they say oh I want to learn card magic and I say okay I've got a great book for you the Royal Road to Card Magic which is like the card bible to start off as a really good card magician mm -hmm. and you know it's it's got the illustrations and everything and and, and they'll look at it and say no it's it's like they won't say, let's see, too many words. It's, no, it's too much to read, right? Um, and they, they, and a lot of them say, oh, you know, I just, I say, where'd you learn that card trick that they showed me? And, and they say, uh, YouTube. I say, okay. Now, on the one hand, I think it's good to, to learn from video. You can, you can, especially with like a certain slate of hand with coins or cards, sometimes you have to hold, you have to hold, um, let's pretend this is a card. You have to hold the card like with the finger here and explains in the book, but right on, on the third phalange um, uh, of, of the uh, index fingers, and the, right, and not here, but right here, and this tiny, this like two millimeters makes a difference, and you're trying to understand this from reading it. Well, you know, uh, okay, understandably, that can be really hard, okay, and can make the difference yeah. between success and failure, uh, where if you watch it on video, um, you can see exactly where it goes. But at the same time, just watching the video, you, uh, the kids will tend to imitate what they see, you know, and, and, and um, you won't really, I guess the analogy is watching a movie and reading a book. If you watch a movie, um, the, like this happened to me with the Lord of the Rings. Okay. And here's some kind of good kind of, you know, all magicians like Lord of the Rings because it's fantasy magic. Um, I, I first read it and I had in my mind, I imagined what the characters all look like. And it was, you know, it's that much more fascinating because it's your imagination. Then I saw the movie and now I cannot replace, now I only see the characters in the movie. Um, uh, so, so to just to make a long story short, um, I, I think you can get more out of reading the, the description in a book, much more details and, and subtle handling 
of a card trick or coin trick, um, and, and the videos um, can supplement that, but I don't think it's good if they're the only thing that, that people learn from. Um, mm -hmm. But then again, some kids, uh, are, or some people in general, do not learn as well um, uh, um, uh, from books. They're, they're more visual. So from that, I understand. Absolutely. So in a way, in a way I, I, I'm, not, I'm not complaining. I'm just saying that's just, you know, that's just how it is. But you're talking about big changes. Um, if I can just kind of go on a bit of a, of a change from that. Because uh, when you first said, you, like, the big changes, and as, um, as now an owner of a magic store, this is what I, here's the big change. Thousands of decks of cards, thousands of, car, of different, like, specialty custom playing cards. I, I, and it freaks me out because I opened my store a couple of years ago. And, and when I did, uh, I, I knew about bicycle red, bicycle blue. Mm -hmm. And maybe, you know, there'd be a black bicycle deck of cards, right? Can't or some tally-ho. Uh, yeah, and then maybe some tally-ho. Somebody just might prefer tally-ho. Fine. Um, and then my supplier says, oh, would you like to have some of these specialty uh, decks? I said, no, what are you talking about? What, what are all these extra? No, I'm not interested. And then people come to my store and call me and say, do you have the, um, this, this deck and that deck? I said, what, what now? What is all this? And excuse me. So it turns out that this has become the new thing now is some um, custom collectible card decks and specialty card decks, some are especially yeah. made for throwing, for, 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 for fanning, for, 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 um, for, for this and that. It's incredible. So now I have like hundreds at my store and I can appreciate they're like works of art. And I'm trying to think, what's the analogy? It's, it's a bit like, like, um, like collecting magic, the gathering, gathering cards, Yu-Gi-Oh mm -hmm. cards, Pokemon cards. Um, um, and even going back, like uh, collecting hockey cards or baseball cards. There's something about the collecting and the different kinds of packs of cards. So this to me is the big new thing uh, recently yeah. uh, in the past, I don't know, 10 years with all these decks of cards. So th uh, that being said, everyone um, uh, come to my store, order all my cards because I have like uh, hundreds of decks. Hanging. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's one thing that kind of blew me away um, doing research and, and looking around when I first got back into magic was, holy crap, there's just a lot of cards and everybody's putting out their, their own decks and their own types. And like you say, yeah, I, <clears throat> I'm not sure if um, a lot of cardistry people um, are using them for magic or they're just doing the, the beautiful fans and, and, and shuffles. And I don't know, I have gotten lost in so many YouTube videos <laughs> watching people do that. It's, it's so beautiful to watch, but yeah, you know, it's, that's yeah. It's it's a it's like a like a, brand, a side branch of magic. It's not it's it's cardistry. Yeah. It's it's sort of like in the realm of juggling. I would say like it's a it's beautiful. I really enjoy watching it. Yes. Um, but it's not like we're it's it's like it's instead of hiding the magic. It's it's like you're, you're sort of showing your skills. It's like instead of hiding your mm -hmm. skills. So uh, I, pure I think pure magic in a, in a sense is like where where you might seem like a sloppy magician with cards. Like a Harry Lorraine, for instance, um, who, who's still doing magic. He's in his 90s. He's like the, the card, um, the card uh, man of, of, of the century. And, and, and he'll, he's sort of, he's talking, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he's doing, and, and he just kind of like, you don't see any, any skills with his hands, but yeah. incredible things happen because he's incredibly skilled. He doesn't, he doesn't show the skills, so it makes it more incredible. As opposed to showing your skills, if you're going to start off doing card magic and you're going to show all these, you can cut a deck with one hand, you can do these amazing riffles, people are going to think, oh, he, he, this guy's got great card skills. He's probably using sleight of hand to do things. So 
it's yes. kind of interesting that you know the different ways of going about it yeah the guys you don't want to play poker with <laughs> yes exactly yeah if you want to you want to win by cheating at poker don't show them your skills okay yeah absolutely i i kind of um i i loved your uh your analogy there of it's it's kind of like juggling um i i kind of think it's like uh um juggling ballet like it's like yeah. juggling but very, just very well choreographed and just yeah, so yeah. all about the motion and, and and the movement and and everything it's yeah it it's something that i will never personally be able to do i've never been able to, to handle a, a deck of me cards me well. so um, um. <laughs> a, juggling, a, a juggling ballet that's a very nice way of putting it actually Yes. Yes, I think so. <laughs> so um, let's actually go back to your to your shop there. You opened a couple of years ago. What was your kind of um, motivation to to open a retail store? Um, well, I was. It's kind of funny because well, a couple of things. Like I was ordering so much magic for myself. Like even even though I should know better, um, <laughs> and I already have my show pretty much. But there's always the curiosity, saying, "Oh wow, there's this, this new thing. Wow, I'm gonna. I want. I want to do that." I want to feel that. I want to, I want to, I want to even just to find out what the secret is. It's so tempting, right? So yeah. I was spending a lot every year on ordering stuff for myself. And of course, 90% sits on the shelf. So I thought to myself, well, that was one aspect. And the other aspect was I'm, I have most of my weekdays are free. I don't have too many shows on weekdays. It's mostly weekends. So what am I going to do with my weekdays? I'll open up a magic shop. That way I can surround myself with magic tricks. I can be buying magic tricks. Okay, yes, at wholesale, but buying magic tricks and, and surrounding myself and, and fulfilling that. And at the same time, I don't have to keep them. I can actually try selling them. So I'm not actually <laughs> losing money by spending all this money on magic tricks. And I just, I mean, really, the short, the short answer is I love magic. I love being surrounded by, by magic. And, and of course, it's to, 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 to be able to have a bit of a community with other magicians. And what's nice about it, is I have all kinds of people coming into the shop. I have from the beginner beginners, like uh, uh, five, six-year-olds who come with their parents and, and then they say, my little Johnny is interested. Of course, no one's named Johnny anymore, but you know, let's say, um, you know, what uh, my so-and-so is, is interested in magic and you know, can you introduce, I show, you know, show a few easy tricks that they can start with. And then you get a lot of amateurs coming in who just like to do it for fun at their, at their place of work. And, and, uh, and then, you know, some of the professionals come in, but the professionals are the worst because, you know, they don't buy much. They only say, okay, just give me uh, one package of flash paper or give me one deck of red bicycle cards, you know. And, okay, so, you know, they don't spend much because they already have their act. So, um, uh, yeah, but it's fun. It's fun. You meet all kinds, all kinds of, of, of magical people from out of town also. When people come from out of town, it's, it, mm -hmm. they make special trips sometimes to go to the magic shop and... Uh, and uh, I, I really enjoy that. I like the community, the magic community. I, I miss it. Um, uh, I'm not going to lie. I remember when I was a kid and we used to go out to Calgary because my, my grandparents were out there. And uh, when I was into magic, I would force my dad to take me to the magic shop there. And it was always just like, he would drop me off because he didn't want to spend three hours at the magic <laughs> yes. shop. I was looking at everything. So he would drop me off and go, go take off and I would stay there. And I, I really miss that because being there, you would you would run into so many other people and learn about other tricks that yes, weren't necessarily yes. on the shelf, but you could order or just different techniques and just learning what other people were enjoying. And 
I really miss that. And unfortunately, there's there's not a big ma- magic community out where I am. So I, I have been reaching out and uh, to to locals that uh, I know are here and trying to get together for beers every once in a while, <laughs> go hang out, talk shop, and stuff. But uh, that that is the thing that I miss the most about having retail shops everywhere and everything going online is that community you were talking about. I, I really miss that. So if, I'm, yeah. if I, if I come down to Montreal, I'll definitely stop by. Oh, oh good. That'd be fantastic. And I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm in the, the Western, westernmost part of Montreal. So it won't be quite as far for you. Excellent. <laughs> Still have to go across the country to get there. It's about 30 kilometers less for you. Yeah, not too bad then. There you go. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful place that, that I would like to visit. I think the closest I came was uh, Ottawa, and I got to see the bridge going into uh, Quebec. So okay, so you <laughs> yeah, went too that far. Was the closest I got. Yeah. <laughs> so um, across the board, what do you think is one trick that every magician should learn, or at least attempt in their career? If they're if somebody's just starting out, what, what do you think yeah. is something that they should at least try and, and okay. Learn? Well, I would say the bullet cash because um, there's a lot of competition out there and, and I'm trying to eliminate the, the competition. <laughs> okay, no, don't, don't listen to me, kids. Um, uh, <laughs> oh, that's, I don't think anybody's going to top that answer. I, I, I gotta say, I love that. What can I say after that? Oh. <laughs> uh, uh, one trick that everyone should try. You know what I, I, I've always loved, and I don't even do it in my show for some reason, uh, coin magic, just like doing a slate with coin, um, uh, a coin um, uh, just making a coin appear and disappear at your fingertips and rolling it on your knuckles and stuff like that. There's something I find very satisfying about that. It's just the feeling of, 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 being a, of the fingers being able to manipulate this, this heavy, this metal coin. Like I like to use a silver dollar, uh, American silver dollar, and it's just something I find very satisfying about it. And it just gets the fingers all uh, uh, warmed up. And, 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 and it's just, I don't know. I, it satisfies me. So maybe it'll satisfy other magicians or something fun. But it's hard. It's the hardest, it's the mm-hmm. hardest thing. Coin magic, it's, I find it's like the hardest thing to really do well. But there's something satisfying about just playing around with, with a coin. And, uh, you know, and, if, and if you're not very good with it, just spend the money and just get a deck of cards or something. Um, you can find coins anywhere. Grab, grab, grab an old coin for, from somewhere. They're they're cheap. <clears throat> exactly. <laughs> Even a silver dollar will only cost you two bucks these days. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And they are fun to play with. One of my favorite things with uh, coins and even not even performing, but watching other people is the sound of coins yes, and yes. the way they yes. manipulate. And you can hear certain things, and then they don't let you hear other things. And that's where the magic comes from for me. It's true. It has a very, it has a very nice soundscape to it uh, with the coins. It's true. As opposed to cards, which are, you know, they're a lot easier to get into. But um, yeah, there's something about coins that I just, I've always loved coin magic. And uh, um, yeah, I, I think there's, you feel good. Even if you can, okay, here's something that everyone should learn. To be able to make, to, to have a coin, make the coin disappear and, and take it out of someone's ear. I know it's, it's so, it's so kind of, classical and typical and everything but uh, but it's something that's very useful to do because you know you may come across some kid and and and, and say do magic and then you just you can just do a simple thing and they love it they go crazy mm-hmm. over that you take it out of their ear don't take it out of their nose i tried that once it was very messy but, <laughs> but if you can take it out of the ear that's great and all you have to learn for that is a simple palm a classic palm or a finger palm and and, and a false transfer and and, and it, you get so much mileage out of it so 
There you go. That and the bullet catch. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Um, What's one thing that you you wish somebody had told you early on in your career, like a piece of advice that you could give somebody today? What's something that you wish you knew right up front? Okay, here it is. And this is going to sound kind of ironic because I have a magic shop. I would say to them, don't buy all kinds of tricks. Just, (laughs) I know, just get like, Get a deck of cards, because this is where I'm at now, where, where ideally, if I had the time and you know, the perseverance, a deck of cards, some coins, and, and, um, and maybe six magic books covering different areas. Um, uh, Bobo coin magic, Royal Road to card magic, um, 13 steps to mentalism. Just get the, the, like, the, the, like, a, just, uh, like half a dozen of the important books. And, and just work on those things. If you can do magic with ordinary objects and you can become a master at that, you're good to go. And, 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 you, and with one deck of cards, you're, you, you can do incredible things and you won't need the, the hip, hippity hop rabbits, you know? Um, but then again, if you do kids' parties, you will need the hippity hop rabbits or, or something equivalent to entertain the kids. But, but that, that's like, get to the core of things. Yeah, to be able to really do amazing things with just a deck of cards and and some coins you know focus on the fundamentals i guess yeah. that's i wish someone told me that before i spent all my money at the magic stores <laughs> and that being said um please spend money at totsky's magic shop because i've got some really <laughs> great props for you uh that's uh, magicstore.ca everybody and i will have link in in the description later <laughs> but i do actually i but i do have some some stuff there that's that's not uh, you know extravagant i'm gonna have all I have so much stuff but I've got also Royal Road to Card Magic, of course, the book, which I mm-hmm. highly recommend. And I even, um, I just got in some uh, American, U.S. replica silver dollars. So they're, they're only like about, I don't know, uh, what do they cost? Maybe seven, eight bucks a piece or something. But they're, they're, they're perfect. Like they're like almost like perfect replicas of silver dollars. And I was playing around with them. They, they, they handle very nicely and uh, um, they're s- slightly lighter than silver dollars. So um, yeah, uh, yeah. I recommend the, the basic stuff like that. You know, get a deck of cards or two. Awesome. Yeah. And one final question for you, which is one of my favorite questions: If you could spend the day with any magician, living or dead, who would it be? Ooh. Um. Well. Um. Now, my second choice would be Cray Mitchell, but um, my first, my first. I, I'm sorry, it's your second. Uh, <laughs> but my my first choice. Ooh, well, with any uh, magician dead or alive, um, uh, well, uh, I, I probably just because, not that I cared for his magic so much, but just because of who he was, I guess Houdini, um, you know, it would be fascinating to speak to him just because of the time, you know, that, that, that he was alive and, 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 and just that time of magic. So it would be him and, and also Cardini, I would say. Uh, it's a toss-up because I love Cardini. I love Cardini's work the stuff i've seen of him his his act was he was like it was perfection his his his, his manipulation of of of, uh, of cards and cigarettes and, and and his his comedy timing it was it was brilliant so those are the two absolutely i i, I couldn't agree more with houdini like he's got such a place in history and being able to, to talk to somebody from that era like a le- he's a, he is the legend i mean he's yeah incredible yeah. When I was in New York, I was there for a work event and on the way back to the airport, I'm like, okay, I got to stop at Phantasma Magic. Like I, I made sure that I had carved out time that I could stop at the magic show. 
and oh. I didn't know that they were also Houdini Museum. I'm like, <laughs> oh, they have a oh, awesome. Houdini Museum at Phantasma Magic Shop. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. But I'll tell you a funny story. It's a quick, quick one about Phantasma. I was in New York City 10 years ago. And at the time, I was really big on the coin magic and I'm, I'm learning the slates and everything. I'm wandering downtown. I didn't even know Phantasma existed. I'm wandering downtown somewhere, just walking around. And there's this, a sign on the street, a little uh, a sandwich board says, Phantasma Magic. I said, oh, well, this was meant to be. I go up the stairs and there's one person in the, st in the, in the shop behind this counter. And... and, and and I go up to him and he looks like David Roth. And I say, you're not David Roth, are you? He says, yes, I am David Roth. And it freaked me out because there I am into coin magic. And, and here he is, the man himself. So that was, that was magical in the true sense. Oh, that would be super cool. Houdini was there when I was there, but it was just oh, a bus. I can't believe it. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, yeah, I had no idea. Like I knew the magic shop was there. And then I walk in and it was like... 80% like Houdini stuff and, and pictures and posters and like old uh, costumes and like one of when, his old trunks. When, when were you there? How, long, how many years? Um, October, November. Oh, just, yeah, October. Oh, recently. Yeah, it was October. Because when I went there, several, it wasn't there, the Houdini um, uh, display back then. So that must have been more recent. Okay. Well, sounds like you're going to have to make a trip back just to check that out. I guess so. And maybe oh, and the, the little Mickey Mouse machine. They, they've got a little Mickey Mouse uh, kind of magic guy and he does cups and balls and it's all robotic so you, you really? press the button and mickey goes into his little robotic oh, wow. moving the ball back and forth you can totally see the little holes <laughs> in the table where the balls pop up but it is so cool to watch anyway That's so funny. <laughs> yes anyway thank you so much for for coming on the show todd um if anybody wants to find you where can they find you online um magicstore.ca excellent and i'm going to put that in the description for everyone as well um Thanks again for, for coming on. For those uh, listening and watching at home, thank you so very much. And we will see you next time. Thank you, Kree. I'm going to shake your hand, okay? Shaking hands. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good thank talking. you very much, everybody.